What's good, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you for hitting that play button for another episode of the Hetty Coleman podcast, where I have go win conversations with fabulous people uh, so they can get their story out there in the world. Now, I believe three things happen when people share their story. We learn about them and we learn from them. Also, we are inspired. And then the third thing is we connect. And when we connect, I feel like community happens. And I love to say, community wins. And it's not very often that uh, I get to sit down with people who have been a part of my life for a very long time growing up in the same town. And then just sometimes they have influence that is legendary. And uh, talking about Carmen's father, who was a, a legend here in Guthrie, America. Carmen, how you doing? I'm so good. How are you? I am doing good. I'm so glad that you uh, made the journey. You, you grew up in Guthrie, from Guthrie, but now live in Edmond, which is not that far away. I could throw a rock and hit Edmond. Actually, Edmond and Guthrie are about to be in such, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? I'm sorry if you can see my hands, if I'm on, if you're watching on video, but they're about to mesh. Like They're going to be one. Like You're not going to be able to tell when you're in Guthrie or when you're in Edmond, I feel like sooner than later, uh, just because Edmund's growing and Guthrie is growing. But that's cool. It's cool with me. It is. I love it. Now, how long have you, when did you move to Edmund? Well, I'll see. I graduated Guthrie in 1993. Yes. So a bit younger than you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you graduated. You're after me. I said you graduated. Are you 92? I'm 92. I thought you were 91. No. <laughs> <laughs> 92. Why did I think? I feel like because we were talking like, That's right. yes, yes, you're 93. You graduated with Kenny. Yes. My goodness. We were gracious. on the same tennis team. Yes. Kenny's my brother-in-law I for those of you who are listening. Love Kenny. Yes. Yes. He, Kenny just had a baby. Oh, I know. Isn't and that I'm amazing? Fresh. Little Disney. Kenny Darling. and I are the same age. There's no way in the world. I say no way in the world, but if I had one, I'd be just like him. But oh my goodness, I cannot see having a child right now. Right. Think about but that. I know. I mean, I our have. girls are going to be, let's see, tomorrow, 17 and 14. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so I have all of my kids are about to go up one. So uh, my daughter this month will be 14. My oldest son will be 22. And then Zell, my tennis player, will be 16. It's just nuts. It goes by so it fast. It goes by so fast. And I'm like, they still have so much to learn. I forgot to teach them this. I forgot to teach them that, you know. But anyway. Like, it's Please, part Lord. of life. Right. Yeah. That's where I'm like, Lord, <laughs> yes, you do the yes. rest. <laughs> so talking about graduating 93, go ahead and tell me like, tell me about Carmen 0 to 18. Wow. Carmen 0 to 18. Okay. So Carmen was a preacher's daughter. Uh, and with that came a lot, right? A lot yes. of pressure, a lot of... So my dad was Dennis Clark and he pastored First Christian Church, Disciples of Christ, right off of Noble. You know, that big mm -hmm. church there. And um, it was such a wonderful family. I loved church. I loved youth group. I loved all that. At times, it did feel like we lived in a fishbowl. Yeah. So I was aware that everybody else was aware of where I was <laughs> and what I was doing. So therefore, I really tried to walk the straight and narrow at all times because yeah. I didn't want to be, you know, I didn't ever want to disappoint my parents. I was kind of one of those kids. It was a people pleaser. Mm -hmm. So those are... Those are easier to parent, I think, when they're young like that. Yeah. But with that, later on in life, that poses a problem if you're a people pleaser all the time. Yeah. And so I've had to learn to not be so much like that. But um, zero to 18, Carmen was happy and it was fun. And I loved my time in Guthrie. I, I couldn't have asked for a better 
do you feel like you were the same kid from elementary, middle school, and, and high school? And if not, w- were there any transitional things that happened in your life? Like, was there something that you got a hold in middle school? And you're like, oh my goodness, this kind of helped you learn who you were? Or is there? did you have any of those kind of pivotal moments that you can you can think of? And it's so okay if you, if you didn't. Yeah. You were just the perfect child. Just no, all the way. No, yes. no, no, no. Yeah, no. just from zero to 18, you just, it's just all perfect for you. Uh, just, no, no, no. no. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying, but it was really good. Yeah, no, it yeah. It was. I loved Guthrie. And I yeah. um and I, I just I had a really great family unit. That's yeah. huge. My no, mom that's and dad, huge. Yes. amazing. A solid My, family makes a big difference, it right? It does. My brother was two years younger, Darren. Mm-hmm. Remember him? And um we just it was great. I was a cheerleader. I was also in musicals, so I was leads in like Greece. Oklahoma. Really? Now, where, where did y'all do those? Was they was that a favorite? High school. Where did we do those? Now they no, do the, the junior pl- high. The junior. Okay. Yeah, okay. Right? Yes. They're on yep, that stage. Uh-huh. So now yeah. what? Do they have a PAC or something? No, they uh they do the music like drama and all that stuff at favor. They do it on the stage, and I think they had built that stage out to be a little bit more equipped for those type of events than what uh the junior high had but yeah so they do them they do them there yeah. that's cool so high school getting ready to graduate what was that like for you like what did you what did you do transitioning out high school so that was a little bit harder for me because my parents right whenever I graduated my parents moved to Denver and my dad and mom they were going to pastor a church in Cherry Creek Colorado like so in Denver in that area and my brother too. And so I remember it just like yesterday when we were all hugging in the church parking lot and I was going in my car basically to college and they were flying or no, driving to Denver to move. In uh, at First Christian right. parking lot? Really? Yes. I don't think I knew that. Oh, I remember hugging my brother and we were all crying just because it was a, that was a pivotal moment yeah. for me. Because that was a big, um, you know, when you're just so used to your family unit, all of a sudden my family unit was moving to Denver and I was staying here. Yeah, that could be a, that's a really big deal. It was. Because now you don't have this family that's been very stable for you. Mm-hmm. That's allowed for you to go through from zero to 18 in a very good space. Right. Uh, not a perfect space, but a good space, right? Right. And now they're leaving. Right. And you're going to college. Right. What was that like? <laughs> Whoa. I mean, that was rough. It was hard. Um, I was excited because, again, my major was music theater. My minor was dance. So I stayed busy and I had tons of fun friends and everything. And it was fun that my parents lived in Denver over spring oh, break sure. yeah. because we could go to the mountains, go skiing. Yeah. And so everybody wanted to come home with me, you know, yeah. on spring oh, break. Oh, so now that was the new home. So mm, when you right? so you, when you say, I'm going home, you were saying, I'm going to Denver. You weren't saying, I'm coming right. to Guthrie. Right. right. So now, did y'all ski before then? Were no, y'all? No, no, learn then. <laughs> Oh, wow. So that was a big deal then. It was a big deal. Yeah. But it was a big deal because Denver never really seemed like my home like Guthrie did, Mm. you know? And so then fast forward, my parents, my dad moved back to Guthrie. Like, um, I don't even, well, he, he was there for eight years. And then mom and dad moved back to Guthrie and he pastored the same church until he retired. What? How does that work? I know. The Lord? I mean, because I was like, wow, Dad, are you sure? There's got to be a more fun place. But I'm so glad they did because yeah. right then, I um, so I met this wonderful man in 97 who mm-hmm. was five years older than me. Oh, wow. So, you know, you're older than Bernie. Yeah, yeah, How yeah. much older? Five? Uh, Three. Yeah, I think three. She graduated in 95. Um, yeah, 95. And I graduated in 92. Yeah, three. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Three. So that's nice. The little age difference there, right? Yeah. And so 
anyway, where did y'all meet? We Can met I? actually. We met at his mom's funeral. <laughs> Well, you have a you have a thing with funerals. I, I really kind of do. Yeah, but I wasn't singing at that funeral. I was going to that funeral because I knew his mom. You oh. know, he was adopted, so his parents were older, and um, I knew his niece, and that was her grandma. So I was going to the funeral, mm-hmm. and that's where I saw him. And then I think it was just like a week later, he called me, and we went on our first date, and then two years later, got engaged. And two so, weeks later? Two years, two years. Oh, two years. Year. Oh. oh, I tell you, I was like, <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so two years later, you're getting engaged. Like, and got married four months later. Like, we were I, we were quick engagement. Because yeah. I was like, he was older, and yeah. it was kind of. Well, two years, too, you knew each other and all that good yeah. stuff. Yeah. So, um, you, so you knew his mom, but you didn't know him? No, I knew that one of my best friends, who was his niece, who grew up here, Sarah, Sarah, Sarah Good. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I remember okay, Sarah that's Good. his niece. Okay, because you know he was adopted, so yeah. his parents were older. So uh-huh. those were her grandparents. You see what I mean? Gotcha. So he had nieces and nephews that were like the same age or older. And I remember thinking that's so weird that she has an uncle that's not that much older. <laughs> but I didn't. But I didn't know him. You uh-huh. know. And he went to McGinnis. Okay. And we were, you know, Guthrie. So yeah, we didn't, yeah, yeah. Didn't we didn't mess. mix with McGinnis. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so y'all meet. Uh, getting married, children, like how many children? What yeah. does that look like for so, you all? We were married for four years. And during that time, I did a lot of traveling and performing with um, Holland America Cruise Lines as guest artists and other theaters and fun stuff. So it was awesome. because You were really into the singing thing. Oh, oh yeah. It was my major. Like I was going to New York and then he, he came into the picture and I didn't have peace about going to New York anymore. I was just like, I think this is who God has for me. So, so. you just gave up New York, stayed here in And God Oklahoma, bless that because then I got some really great jobs. So yeah. I do feel like, yeah. So tell me the kind of work you were getting. Okay. Like. So um, Holland America hired our touring company and it was so awesome because we got guest status. So passenger status. So we'd be booked for these cruise ships and we'd be gone 10 days or 12 days and perform maybe four times that whole time. I mean, saw amazing places. I had the best cast, amazing friends I made from all over. And now my husband didn't get to go, but he was so supportive of it. And it was a great opportunity for me to get to do that and use those gifts and and just those dreams that became realized. Favorite place, tell me your favorite place you went. And then, how long did you do that for? Bahamas, Acapulco. Oh gosh, oh they were goodness. amazing. They were all were amazing. You know, and um, you're getting to go for free doing work. That's right. the best way to go, right? And doing something you love. Yeah, oh, it was incredible. So you strictly sang? Did you dance? Yeah, sing? okay. singing it. Yeah, okay. Full on singing, gotcha. dancing, acting the whole time. Um, it's an amazing show. It was a decade show, so it took everybody from the 20s all the way through like the 70s, 80s. So amazing music. Oh, I love. I did not know this. Yes. That is super cool. I did cool. it for a long time. How my long did you do it? Was 30, I was 39 on my last tour. <laughs> so that was yesterday. I mean, right? Because <laughs> yeah, I'm 45 much. now, okay? <laughs> oh, my goodness. So uh, this tourism place, was it at, based out of Oklahoma? No, it was okay. based. So there was one based out of Branson, and then they the other one was based out of New York. And we loved it. I mean, just 
incredible experience. Yeah. You know, I couldn't have asked for a better job mm-hmm. and husband that was supportive of it. You yeah, know? for sure. Because that traveling and stuff like that. Because did you have children at the time? No. So I didn't have kids. And we, so we were married for four years before the first baby. Okay. And um, <laughs> I was actually pregnant, didn't know it on one of my tours and we rode all these roller coasters on this because it was like a down the east coast and we were at hershey park or whatever and it was so fun and we were riding all these roller coasters i'm like i just don't feel that great i'm so tired it's so weird got home baby number one Mm. so i was so i was 28 when i had the first one first baby little girl and then 30 with the second one and so then i was just home for a while, yeah. you know, and loved being a mom and everything. And then some more opportunities came to tour. And so we would do it when it would be little short things like a 10 day cruise here or a 10 day tour or a 12 day tour, you know, and I, again, just really blessed to get to do all that. Yeah. So when you were in school, cause I'm thinking about, let's say that there's some individual young person out there who really loves to sing and dance, but become the next Beyonce or, you know, whoever may not be the, their thing, right. but they could do something like this. Totally. Like what, what would be the thing that you would encourage them to do to continue to pursue uh, this kind of opportunity if they right. really love the art of singing and dancing? I think, okay, so if they're music theater driven, right? Like mm-hmm. I took a lot of master classes at OCU, Oklahoma okay. City University. Yeah. Obviously that's an incredible school for those, for the music theater arts programs. Mm-hmm. So that's amazing. Um, but there are all kinds of calls, like all kinds of auditions they could go do. And I just, of course, with COVID, it's kind of weird. And I'm not yeah. sure how it's going now. Well, they're doing but- it via Zoom. My daughter oh. has been wanting to try out acting or whatever. And she'd be like, yeah, I got an audition on Zoom. I'm like, wait a second. Zoom, who's going to be <laughs> like, who are these people wanting you to call in on Zoom? To-? But that's what, it- and then I asked a friend who also does, and that's where they do it. Oh, it's yeah. through, uh, through Zoom now. Oh, so. Yeah. I guess they tell the, they tell you what they want you to do. You jump on Zoom and you act it out. Mm-hmm. Who would ever thought? Well, one of my friends who was my roommate in college, we performed together and we're going to do the same show in New York. And she actually teaches voice on Zoom. Oh, wow. Because she's now she's in Connecticut. But I mean, you know, they're kind of still probably locked down. So they're yeah. doing a lot of Zoom voice lessons and that's going great. So gotcha. probably Zoom auditions. Now you your singing, your love for singing has now transitioned kind of sort of into you being able to serve people in a very unique way. I know the last there was a couple of times that you and I tried to connect, but you ended up having to do a funeral, mm-hmm. meaning that you're getting invited out and to be a part of this these people's celebration of going home, whatever that may look like. But sometimes it's those can be very challenging things. What has that been like for you? What is the joy in doing something like that? So it kind of sounds like to some people morbid because you think, oh, it's so sad. How do you do that? How are you able to sing for that? You know, and for me, it's a way that I can minister and use my gift, mm-hmm. but also it does make me feel close to my dad because he was such a yeah. people's pastor yeah. and a community pastor. And he was there for people, wh- whether they were dying or sick or being born or, and one of his favorite things I think was doing funerals because it was almost like you're for the most part, helping usher them into heaven, yeah, you know, and yeah. just the last time that family has some peace, yeah. kind of, you know, you want to somehow be a part of that comfort because you want people to be um, just at rest, you yeah. know, and 
no matter what their life was. But for me, it's become a blessing because I'm getting to hear about all these amazing people and their lives. You know, um, it's impacting others, but I'm blessed every time I say yes to do a service because yeah. it's different lives. And, you know, my whole deal is I, I want a life well lived, right? Mm -hmm. I want, I strive for that and mm -hmm. want that. And I want that for everyone. Mm -hmm. But um, it's neat to hear these stories. Like, just two days ago, I sang at a funeral and it was basically, they talked about her story and it was a mom that struggled with bipolar disorder and she made a way to provide for her kids and did whatever, you know? And in that story, there was a grateful son who loved her as she was and had enough grace to just kind of put her issues aside and just be like, you know what though? It didn't look maybe like your life or yeah. your life, but for me, I loved my mom and yeah. that's how it was, you know, and I've sung for some really heartbreaking ones that were suicides and car wrecks and, you know, the list is endless of tragedies, but all in all, it's like God's greater than all of it. Mm -hmm. So finding the joy in the pain and loving others as they are yeah. is kind of what I get from that, you know? Yeah. And so any little thing, any little part of that I could be, I'm thankful for, you know? Yeah. So that's kind of where, it's gone to that and then worship at church, yeah. um, at Crossings Community Church and just helping lead worship there. Is that the one on Portland? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. How long have you been there? Oh, gosh. Since I was 21. Oh, wow. Yes. Because it used to be Belle Isle and now- Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, so, so going back to the funerals, I love that you, because I know who you are, you're full of joy, you're very, you know, an outgoing person. So I can really see you coming into that kind of situation to be able to really- walk people through a very hard time. And maybe it's not even that you even have to talk to them, but just sometimes the sense of having someone in the room that has your kind of spirit, great vibes can be very, um, very comforting and uh, brings an element of, you know, even though it's a hard time, a, a little bit of joy or whatever. Right. How do people invite you to be a part of that? Because uh, in my role as a, a location pastor, whatever, I get invites to come do people's funeral. Like I don't have a clue who they are. But in the same way that you say that you go and do these things, I feel that sense of like, well, God must want me to do this. He wants me to come in and bring some comfort and, and talk about peace and then also just share him with folks. How do you get invited to some of these things? And do you remember the first time somebody invited you? Like, what was that like? Whoa, I don't remember the first time. It's been okay. so long. <laughs> okay. But kind of the same way. I, I'm, most of these, I don't know the people. Yeah, Some okay. of them are people I do know. Most of the time, it's the church or the funeral home calling and or texting or emailing me and seeing if I'm available. And um, and I enjoy really both of them. They're yeah. different, right? Sometimes yeah. if you're connected and know the person, there's more pain involved. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes if you don't know the person, you just are, you feel kind of a freedom that, I don't know, just to be open-minded about whatever it is they're asking you to do yeah. in the service, you know? So it's kind of, it's different. Yeah. <laughs> but there's joy in it. Even For sure. For sure. Well, that's good. I'm glad you're able to be able to serve people in that, in that capacity. Now, one of the things that I don't think you mentioned, I know about high school is you play tennis. Yes, sir. And so you really love tennis. I really love tennis. What did you love it? So like my son right now is a tennis player. He's a freshman. I think he thinks he's going to the next level. Uh, I think he might be, okay? Because he's got his mama's jeans, right? Yeah. I'm going to say he's going to the next level. He thinks he's going to the next level. But sometimes you don't get to go to the next level. 
and you did not as far as tennis goes. Like what what has that been What's like for like? you? Okay. And, and 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 what have you done to fulfill that? Yeah, that's uh, love? good. So in high school, I was a cheerleader, I was involved in music theater, student council, you know, all this stuff and tennis. So we had coach Chuck Crooks. Co- co- yeah, Crooks. Coach Charles Crooks. And loved him. I mean, I loved him. And then we had Coach Cease, Jamie Cease, Coach uh-huh. Cease for a little bit. But um, it was wonderful. I mean, we had a great experience. I had a great experience with high school tennis. Um, but it didn't bring me a ton of joy, I wouldn't say then. It was fun. It was fine. Yeah. And then I went on and pursued other dreams that I had with music theater and performing and all that. And that was all amazing. So then fast forward. And I'm 39. And I just finished a tour. Right? Doing yes. Another your last theater. one. Is my, this your last I, one? Yeah, I hope so. Because yeah. it has a lot of energy and a lot of brain power that I don't think I have anymore. And so that was so great. And it was so fun. And I came back and I just remember being just kind of exhausted from it and just thinking, I don't know if that brings me joy anymore, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so some of my girlfriends that I had met were like, Carmen, we want you to be on our, are you ready? Our 40 and over team. It's so amazing. And Talking I'm about thinking, tennis. Yes. yes. And I was thinking, that sounds so old. But you just said 40 and over. Even though I'm 39, I'm thinking 40 and over sounds so old. Yeah. Well, so I turned 40 and I'm so excited to be on this team. And it was like out of Quail Creek in Oklahoma City. And it was a USTA league. And it was so fun. And the way that I got back into tennis was through cardio tennis. Mm. at just this tennis club. So honestly, I love to promote those cardio tennis classes for anyone because it just, it for me, it ignited this passion in tennis that I didn't know that I had. Yeah. You know, I, it yeah. Been, <laughs> I played once in a while since high school, but didn't care that much. So fun, such amazing exercise and fast pace. And, oh, it just brought you so much joy or me. And so I started on this team, loved it. It was amazing. The camaraderie is amazing. You just, everybody's like connected in a way because you're on this team and it's a lifelong sport. I mean, think about this. I was playing it at what, 16, 17, you know, that age. And then all the way here I am, you know, at 40 playing it and loving it. Yeah. And our team, our mixed doubles team ended up going to nationals. Oh, wow. Well, I didn't know that's a big deal. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I bet everybody. They're like, Carmen, this is a big deal. Like, yeah. not everybody gets to go to Nationals, so you need to enjoy it because not every team ever experiences this. Yeah. And I'm like, really? And so we were, we went to Nationals in Mobile, Alabama, and we were, I think, one match away from making the semifinals, our team. Uh-huh. And it was just, it was amazing. Yeah. I'm like, what other sport can you go to Nationals at 40? <laughs> <laughs> so it just brought all this yeah in, i mean joy loved yeah, it yeah and so then um my dad had died suddenly and that was just re- just really heartbreaking for our whole family mm-hmm. and a total shock and um that was just a really hard time and yeah. so during that time i had just prayed and just been like lord will you please just give me something that i can do that puts a passion and a purpose together to make a difference because yeah. that's really what I desired. That's good. And um, all of a sudden there was this job opportunity and interview that a lot of my friends were really encouraging me to go to. And so I went, I mean, totally felt unqualified, you know, uh-huh. I mean, totally. Uh, yeah. And there were so many applicants and I ended up getting an interview. Now, and- what was the job? 
It was for the Oklahoma Tennis Foundation executive director. Okay. Okay. And it was a part-time job and it was supposed to be so great. And everybody was telling me, and of course I knew nothing about what it, and what I walked into was this amazing interview with these hall of fame men and women that were basically wanting to reignite this foundation and give away money for scholarships for kids, you know, for underserved kids and to give out grants and to really help like the adaptive tennis program so that kids in wheelchairs could play tennis. Kids who have, you know, Down syndrome or adults with Down syndrome mm. could have an amazing activity to play and to learn about, you know. And so it was incredible. It's been an ex incredible experience. So I started in September of 2017. Oh, wow. I've been doing it ever since. And now what? So September, we're coming on. So was is it really a, you know how they say it's a part-time job, but really you get into you like, wait a second, I'm working like 40 plus hours. Or do you really feel like it's part-time? You know, there are times that it's really full-time. Yeah. But I have such an incredible board and we have amazing committees and volunteers that help really push our mission forward, you know, and it's just incredible. It's an incredible organization. You know, mm. the mainly our goal is to raise funds and give it out to different organizations or programs that are really enhancing lives mm. through tennis and education. And so one of our goals, which is so exciting, is to get it into all 77 counties of Oklahoma. Oh. Now, some of those counties might just be farmland, okay? Yeah. <laughs> but they can come over to the other county and there might be a gymnasium that yeah. we can put, you know, tennis uh -huh. courts on or so... I just want it to be available for every kid. It's not a country club sport. It doesn't have to be. No. And it it really can transform lives. Yeah. And help kids, you know, just have a sense of pride. And it's a lifelong sport. Like you can play it at forty. You can oh, go to you can go to national at forty. At 80. At 80, I mean, I've seen 60, these yeah. old men and women out yeah. there playing, and I'm like, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. That's what I like about it. It's something that my son is learning right now that he can he can use for uh, exercise for a oh. very, very long time. Now, do you all uh, support uh, Tony Mulliken? Uh, was it? Mm -hmm. Okay, At first serve. Yeah, yes, first serve. Yes, yeah. we're one of their. Yes, we support them in yes. a big way, and uh -huh. we love their mission too. Yeah. Because our goal is, we want to help all these different organizations, and then give money to different communities that are making a difference within their community and outreach. Yeah, that's you good. know, uh huh. Yeah, and so uh, Zell went and hit with some of the students. With Tony and some of the students over at uh, City First Serve. At City or, Center. That's oh, where they, Oklahoma City Tennis Center, right? Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes. 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 And so uh, so that was good. He needs to go back. He, he, we Did had, he love it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anytime he can hit, he Oh, gone. yeah. And he, he was great it. at Edmond Center Court, too. Yes, yeah. So he went there, just re went back there recently. He hadn't been there in a while. So they were, it was good. They were really excited to see how he's made uh, some progress and oh, improvements yeah. to his, his game. So so you're going to love our tagline. Do you know what it is? No. You know how yours is go in? Yes. Guess what ours is? What is it? We start with love. Yeah. <laughs> how perfect is that? That so is many so men, good. So many meanings, right? I love that. Because the game of tennis, for those who don't know, yeah. start at zero uh -huh. and you're scoring. Yes. And they call that love. Yes. But then you're ending That's so with, cool. at 40, right? That is really, really good. That's fun. so good. So go in is being consistent. Talking about go in. Go mm -hmm. in is being consistent. Like if I define it, when I define it, go in is being consistent and doing the right things that allow for you to achieve wins that you've defined for yourself so that you can live out your greatest story. And one of the things I love about being able to sit down with people is if it's possible for them to share a win that they may have 
for their life. And then maybe talk about one or two things like, hey, I'm trying to be consistent in this to achieve that. And so I was wondering if you can maybe talk about a life win that you have, like just something in general, and then maybe a work win that you have defined for yourself. And then in both, can you share a couple of things that you may be consistent in in order to achieve it? Let me give you an example. Uh, and I sent this to you. I want to be 220 pounds by June 1st, which is my birthday, and I'll be 47. Oh my goodness, I'm so close to 50. <laughs> and so one, some of the right things that I'm trying to be consistent in is exercise, of course. So going to the gym every morning, uh, eating right, um, and then also just learning from others on how to eat right. So mm-hmm. my brother-in-law is a, a vegan at the moment, and so he's always cooking up these healthy meals, so I try to learn from him. I tried vegan for a week. I don't. It's too hard. It's not for you. No, it's not for me. So I'm trying to find other ways to uh, keep a good, healthy diet. So anyway, those are some things that I try to be consistent in. Why? In order to achieve this win that I've defined for myself of being a 220 pounds. So do you have anything like that that you can share with us that we may can learn from you? So that is a good question. So I would say one of mine, and it is crazy that you asked me about what was Carmen like zero to 18 yeah. too, because this all kind of ties in, is... So the people, people pleasing Uh portion of my life and of my personality, you know, that takes a toll on a lot of things in your life. You maybe say yes and overcommit and it's too many, too much. And other things go by the wayside that shouldn't. And, um, probably that was a lot of my life just overcommitting. I mean, maybe getting it done, but just running just 90 to nothing, you know? And, um, there's nothing like loss that will cause you to just stop mm-hmm. because your world stops, you yeah. know, where all of a sudden you're like, what's most important? And then we know that just even with COVID-19 yeah. and what happened with our the pandemic a year ago, right? So one thing for me is the right yeses. So when I'm going to say yes, mm. for me, it sounds really simple, but it's hard for someone who wants to say yes all the time. Yes. So with that, I want to say yes as much as possible, right? If I can, I want to say yes, right? To my kids, to singing for a funeral, to being able to give money to this organization or this person or, you know, but the bottom line is just for my life, just for me personally, a couple things I ask myself on if this is a yes, does it give me peace? Mm -hmm. You know, does it give me peace? Does it continue to promote what I am wanting to promote, like, is it, you know, is it at all something in me that makes me, I mean, do I have any checks? Like, do I have any Holy spirit checks or anything right yeah. there saying, no, don't do this. Or, you know, do I have an open door here on saying yes to it? Right. Yeah. And that kind of sounds serious, but, um, some of the yeses can, you know, lead to just more busyness. And mm-hmm. I do believe that, that, just in this last year, one thing we've learned is just as a nation and as just a country, right, is to just settle down, like just to kind of stop and be still because mm-hmm. yeah. you have nothing else, you know, and it causes you to look around at the people that you're around, you know, your family, your yeah. whoever it is, your life is, you know, and whoever you're involved with. It's just, it's interesting. So for me, that yes matters if I'm going to say yes or no, but the questions are, does it bring peace? I like that. Does it continue to help me grow? And is it part of what my life is about? Yeah. You know, does it, so that would be for my life. I mean, that's just, I I like that. And so just, just make sure I'm understanding. So if somebody's listening, 
your your the win that you've defined for yourself is saying yes to the right things. Mm. And the thing that you're being consistent in in order to make sure it's the right thing is these set of questions that you ask yourself, which is 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 that what I'm hearing? Yes. Yes. I, so I, re- I I like that. And I'm still yeah. it's still developing like yeah, what yeah, the questions yeah. are going to be yeah. for me on this, but um Well, one of the things we talk about is discovery. So whenever I sit down with somebody and I help them with uh go win for their mm-hmm. own lives, is we talk about the discovery. So you're always maybe discovering new right things to be consistent in because maybe if that one question does you like that, that's not the right question. It, you you may have a list of other questions. So we do what we call brain thing, which is brainstorming the right things to be consistent. And so now you just have a list of all these things that you can go back to when these one thing's not working. And so you, the discovery. So you're still in discovery mode. I think we're always in discovery mode right. mm-hmm. uh, to find that right go uh, in order for us to be able to go towards those wins. And I also tell people a win is not something that you always cross the finish line because that's what we always think. Like me crossing the finish line first is the way that you win. A, a win could be something ongoing. My wife and I, we want to have a healthy marriage. That is a win that I've defined for myself. And so that's something that's ongoing. I'm never going to cross the finish line on that. That's an ongoing win. So just some of the ways that I think about yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and I love that because it is a lifelong journey, right? Yeah, and it trying is. to get it right. Yeah. And we're not always going to get it right. We're no. going to fall short sometimes. Yeah. But that's why it, I love that self discovery on yeah. these different, you know. Yeah. The other thing you asked me was just in my job and with the Oklahoma Tennis Foundation, what are some things that are maybe some go win or yeah. right goals and yeah. or decisions, right? Or what questions do I ask? So I heard this and I love it so much. So I heard someone once say, Everyone who knows us loves us, but not everyone knows us. Um, okay. Yeah. So with Oklahoma Tennis Foundation, that is so, I mean, I shared that with our board at our last meeting. Cause I'm like, that really is us because everyone who knows about Oklahoma Tennis Foundation and the good, wonderful things we're doing and the money we're able to give out or the support here or there, they love it. And they're so excited, but just not enough people know about us, you know, mm. like, and that's, that's coming. That'll mm. be happening, you know, throughout the state because we want to be able to help statewide, mm. not just in Oklahoma city Metro or Tulsa Metro or just surrounding all of it. Right. Well, so the other thing is one thing that we have started as our organization every Wednesday, we do a, we start with love Wednesday highlight. Okay. So since our taglines, we start with love, we find either an organization to highlight, or maybe it's, a video we're doing. And so we're um, interviewing different board members to say, what makes you love tennis so much? Like mm. during the month of February, we did a, why we love tennis video series, right? Yeah. We did a, oh, in during the pandemic, nobody could do anything. So we were making people bounce tennis balls for 10 <laughs> times, you know, 10 times and say something funny, you know? Yeah. And so that went kind of viral yeah. and that was so fun. But our goal was, and the win there is we're spreading positivity yeah and that's who that's what we want to be known for is what is something amazing what is something so fun what is something so positive that we can talk about that's good because i just think we need more of that in the world you know so that's definitely the one for the foundation no that is really good i i so uh, appreciate that and uh you need to get Zell on there. He'll talk about why he loves tennis so much. I know. I do. You should do that. <laughs> I would love that. And I'll have him wear the hat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Have him wear the hat. It's like thinking about that too. Like one of the things that I noticed in Guthrie is like we have a tennis team 
but we don't have a tennis community per se to where like there's these kids who really love tennis and they're jumping in or learning about tennis to know that they love it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it would be cool maybe to go around some of these different places that y'all are saying, hey, I want to bring tennis to these places. Like with our to, clinics. Yes. Because see, we have yes. started that. That's what I was going to tell you too. Our Hall of Fame clinics. We send out these amazing coaches to different communities to have a clinic. And every, all the kids are invited, you know, different ages. And sometimes they'll do the performance kids. So like the middle school team and the high school team. Mm-hmm. And then these two incredible coaches that used to be the women and men's coach, tennis coach at OU, okay. University of Oklahoma, they are Hall of Famers and they're retired and they are so excited about this, that we're doing this. So we've sent them out. They went to Clinton and did a, a, t- a yes, clinic. A clinic. And where else have we been? We've been to Enid, you know, we and in Tulsa. So we need to come to Guthrie. Yes. And do a clinic. It's a, everybody gets a free racket and balls and we what? provide lunch and a snack. And it's so great. And what they, age is that? Well, we we do two different types of clinics. Some for like beginners, and then we have one that's like for the middle school team and okay. high school team. So a little more high performance okay. or older. So we've got two that we can do, but all the same. Wow! So how do we make that happen? I know, like soon. Who do we call? I don't. Yeah, Probably Mary. Right? Mary, Mary. Yeah, Hudson? yeah, Mary Hudson. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. get a hold of her. Yes, I, we got our number. <laughs> oh, we do. You know, she got Coach of the Year. Did you know she got Did High she School really? Coach of the Year? No, I did not know that. Yes, she was on our awards. Yes, video. That is super cool. No, I did not know oh, that. Where did it go? I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna have to uh, tell her I know that her about her I being know. Coach of the Year. So that's good. Well, um, is there anything else like regarding the work that you do or something that you want to put out there that uh, you want everyone to know? Outside of definitely go connect with our foundation. How how do people get do involved with that? that? Yes. Yeah. So you go to or you can go to our website, which is www.oklahoma. It's actually oktennisfoundation.org. And you can see like how people donate or how people can get involved in clinics or scholarships or giving out grants. All of that kind of stuff's on our website. And there's my emails on there too. So you can connect with me at, at cbond at oktennis.org. How awesome is that that I got the yeah, name that Bond? Is Bond? Do you like that? <laughs> that? That was so, so fun. <laughs> so fun. So I would just say, you know, just as a lifelong lesson, I mean, do what you love. Like, yeah. I mean, you're doing what you love. Yeah. I'm so glad that even if it happened at, you know, what, 42, 43, that I found something else yeah. I love. Like, I didn't know that there would be a new dream mm-hmm. no, with that's tennis. Good. I mean, I loved music theater and I'm performing and I'll always love that part of my life. But this has brought about new things, new people in my life, yeah. new influences and just growth. Yeah, that's yeah. good. So that's it's exciting. Good. So never, never think you're done. You know, I think that's I think that's a message that you definitely can share. Like, hey, I found this new thing at 43 when most people think, man, I don't I'm 43. It's too late for me or whatever. But you found that new thing and, and are doing a great job at it. So thank you so much, Carmen, thank uh, you for, for your willingness me. to to sit down with me and share a little bit of your story. Oh, we go way back. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. So uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for hitting that play button for another episode of the Hetty Coleman podcast. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, as always, do you know what I'm going to say? Go, go win. win. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>